0: Welcome to the Healthy Mindfuck Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Lee. This show is completely dedicated to giving you the stories, strategies, and top performance hacks from extraordinary minds around the globe. Without further ado, let's dive right in. Hey fam, I hope everyone has been amazing. I have some extraordinary news. After a long anticipated wait, Wired for Worthy is open. If you haven't heard about Wired for Worthy, it is our community. We are talking about the neuroscience of self-discovery because when it really comes to lifting our fullest potential, we are the thing that gets in our greatest way. And so many other things out there and a lot of things that I had come across were really teaching me what to think, but not how to think for myself. And when it came to utilizing the tools that these other teachers were instructing me, when I was all alone, They no longer worked i had to have them there so wired for worthy is really about is building tools in a toolbox that you can use and utilize for neurological self-regulation so that when things get challenging you are not left high and dry inside of this group we use biometric feedback and individualized results to help you achieve your goals get the resistance out of the way, transform it, and live your fullest potential. For my healthy mind people that have been listening to this podcast since the beginning. If you go into the show notes, you'll notice that there's a special link inside of there that is going to give you an additional $20 off this community. It is not inside of a Facebook group. It's actually inside of its own built application. We could not be more excited for you to dive into that. So to get more information about that, go ahead and click the link in the show notes. And without further ado, let's dive into today's episode. Tip top of the morning, my friends, I hope everybody is listening to this on a magical Monday morning. And today we talk about a conversation, not about productivity, kind of about science, but more so it's about embracing humanity in a fun and specific way. So what I want to talk about today is really functional laziness. Functional laziness. And I started to use this term in my own dialogue and in my own language with myself because I'm a type A overachiever, right? I think a lot of us um, that listen to this probably align with that. So our conversation today is what do you do when you recognize the burnout? So many of us are, are aware of these things and yet we're not really willing to do things about that because in my perspective or the way that it was, taking a break was weakness and I have a job to do and I have a purpose to accomplish. But when you're burnt out, some of the research is showing that you're almost 80% less effective. Communication skills go down, your tolerance for uh, stress goes down, all of these different indicators go down. And that's why I wanna have the conversation today. So last week on Wednesday, I was sitting down on the floor and didn't have baby girl with me. So it's kind of like a bit more time with myself than I usually have. And I was like, oh my gosh, what, what do I do? I feel like this like lost puppy in a whole new world. And I got up super early. I went to the gym after the gym. I went for a swim in the ocean. I paddleboarded. It was gorgeous. And I was home by like seven o'clock and I start making content and I start making videos. I start client calls. It was a beautiful, beautiful day. And by 11 o'clock I had had almost like, geez, like a a four or five hour work day. And that's usually when I start to break my fast, I'll have like a bowl of soup um, or bone broth, you know, kind of, the, kind of the same thing nowadays. And I was sitting there and I was sitting on the floor um, in my living room and I was like, man, I'm tired. Like, I'm not like tired. And then like, I usually, I try to get playful with my words because it's it's a good emotional intelligence exercise. But what i started to do is like man i am i'm cooked, i'm fried i'm exhausted i'm exhausted and that was the real truth of it's like just i'm exhausted and for our parents out there like I, I can't tell you strong enough how self-aware i was of like the fatigue i've been sleep training my daughter for like four months potty training all these different transitions it's just been stressful And I had some time today and I decided to get up early and, you know, went on with it. And I was like, I am burning myself out trying to force happiness or force joy through this like fatigue. And it's just not how that works. Like I need to go to the grocery store. The car is out of gas. I'm going to sit in the car and like... to like meander my way through the radio hoping that that's going to like put car in that like gas in the car it's just like not how that worked so i started to like have this conversation i'm like awesome this is why we have protocols so a while ago inside of my journals i build mental models for myself which are just ways of thinking and acting in accordance with my current state and i said awesome what we're going to do is i had one more call on wednesday and then after that we're going to put in the functional laziness protocol And what this functional laziness protocol was really built out for was people, including myself, that we're humans. We're going to have good days. We're going to have challenging days, but it doesn't mean they're bad and doesn't mean the other ones are good. Sometimes we feel better when we're inside of those good days. And today's one of those amazing days for me because I'm on the back end uh, of that protocol right now. And it's delightful. Um, But what this protocol is really built out for it can be a couple different things. All right, my type A overachievers, yes, this is really, really important because I know you guys are all barbecue pit masters at frying your own nervous systems. I see you out there, I'm waiting to measure your biometrics. And for the rest of us that just might have anxiety or depression or you're a parent, right? You're a parent, burnout is there. Right, you're you're tired, you're fatigued. You're trying to take care of yourself. Is that coffee still hot? Oh my gosh, that's coffee from last Tuesday. Well, the mold's not that bad. I could probably scrape it off the side of the cup. Like I feel you to my core. So hopefully what this protocol can be is a simple way to remove the guilt, remove the shame around taking time for yourself, but to be lazy in a functional way that's not absolutely consuming Netflix for hours on end, but doing something that'll help move the needle in a really great way. Because there's an absolute difference between being lazy and not doing anything that's actually going to recover you. You're simply resting. And of course, there's benefits to that as well. But if you're here, I imagine that you probably want some like high performance laziness. That sounds funny. Maybe that'd be the title of this high performance laziness. Um, And here's the way that I do it. So on the days that I get lazy or mental health starts to come up or like you're a human and you have feelings, I know my patterns pretty well. I like to self-isolate. I like to like put myself away. I like to hide myself inside. And I know that that's not the best thing for my nervous system, right? And what we're going to talk about first is our circadian biology. So people that have mental health challenges, including those that have burnout or uh, fatigue syndrome, or you know you're just you're just tired, you're human, right? Humans. Let's just say we'll just keep calling it humans humans run on cycles, daily cycles, based on light water and magnetism. And the loudest of those three signals is light, right? Because the sun has always been there for us. And that's a really good thing to know. So in the morning time, people that have anxiety tend to stay in bed and they tend to fester. This is kind of based on some of the research studies out of psychology, um, which I tend to not gravitate towards, but most people could probably align with this. I am definitely one of those people that is like, oh, this bed feels awful yet I don't wanna leave. So what you could do if you're having one of these days, functional laziness 101 is get yourself outside for 10 minutes in the morning and set your circadian biology. What mental health challenges are showing us in the brain is that we have an unhealthy or an imbalance in our morning cortisol levels. So we tend to wake up and cortisol for a lot of us out there, um, it's not the bad guy, it's just mistimed and misrepresented. So when we have early morning cortisol levels that are higher than natural, and you can get easy, uh, simple at-home tests to do morning cortisol levels and send them in just a swab. Um, What we're going to do outside is create that first light impulse. So the first 10 minutes that you wake up, get your booty outside for two to 10 minutes if you can. If you can get a little walk-in, awesome. And I know for those that have like very severe PTSD, depression, anxiety, getting yourself out of bed is sometimes the hardest thing. If you can put yourself uh, next to a window, move your bedroom around and don't have the blinds closed. Or if you have a spouse or however you can keep the blinds open because the sunlight is actually the primary signal to the suprachiasmatic nucleus, which rests right behind the eyes, which functions on light cycles. It's connected to the reticular activating system, which is looking for environmental patterns and stimulus. And that suprachiasmatic nucleus is the timekeeper of our circadian biology. So if we're not getting a proper light impulse in the morning, what we tend to find is that these people are not having an adequate or a healthy cortisol dosing. So when we wake up, um, what I what I do for myself on the good days, right, I'm gonna say this, the good days, the days that I, I wake up, I'm like, let's go, I'm feeling good, life's great. It's one of those days today is I'll delay coffee or caffeine intake for about two hours because I'm going outside Either I'm with my daughter and we go for a walk around the pond. We make sure that the gators and the ducks are in there. We feed them. Um, And what you're doing as you're doing that is two different things. Going outside, you're both getting a little bit of vitamin D in the morning, which is really important. You're studying that circadian biology, which is going to create a healthy drip of cortisol, healthy, right? A healthy release of this. And it's also going to prime you to better signal melatonin production. So if you're having sleep, since it starts at the start of the day. What you're also doing as you're going outside is you're getting your optical vision aligned, right? So this is interesting research that's starting to come out of like optics. And what it's showing is that if we create self-propelled visual motion, so we're walking, we're moving, paddleboarding, all these different things, we're using the body, the peripheral vision on the side, that motion is actually creating this parasympathetic response. And that's kind of like regulating our system. So if you wake up with anxiety and things like that, or depression, you're creating this dopamine response, which is going to get you more attached to the behavior and having a conversation about dopamine will be another podcast. Cause it is, it is not what we think it is um, or what kind of the general public thinks that it is. Um, there's a really great book called the dopamine world. I think I'll, I'll have to double check that really phenomenal book by a neuroscientist that kind of describes what dopamine actually is. It is not a pleasure, um, Neurochemical, neural hormone, neural hormone, I think is kind of how we we're doing it. And it's part of like the endocrine system on like the back end. It has interesting physiology, um, to it or the way that it interacts with ourselves. So getting yourself outside, functional laziness, what I also like to do that my neighbors really love is when it's starting to get past, like, you know, sunrise. And if my daughter's at school and things like that, or if, like, you know, a couple days ago that I'm just having a rough go sunbathing for me as naked as, uh, as naked is socially acceptable is really, really good. Um, especially for women out there that have, uh, a, a risk for breast cancer. There is some research out there showing, um, that getting your ladies out into full spectrum sun is beneficial. Um, but of course, if you need to do your own research on that, I always recommend that period point blank. I hope not to do your thinking for you, but share some of my perspectives. Gentlemen, don't put your, uh, friends, the, the, the friends, not all the friends need to go into the sunlight type of thing. Um, sun, it creates a nitric oxide release in the peripheral skin. That's why we kind of get, um, some of that vascularity as we go out into the sun, the peripheral nervous system gets activated, um, with that nitric oxide, and it can have this vasodilating effect on, um, The nervous system or on the uh, vascular system. And that's really good because we can kind of charge up in one way or another some of our red blood cells with uh, different ionizations of what infrared light can do. So, getting outside, the really cool thing is that vitamin D is not truly a vitamin. It actually works on the hormones uh, and it actually has the stimulatory effect. 80% of the United States right now is actually low in vitamin D. So it also has benefits to COVID protection and a bunch of other things. So getting outside for like 10 to 20 minutes, sitting in the sun, Um, is really, really beneficial. So I tend to go outside and I'll listen to a book or I'll listen to music or like if I'm really feeling froggy, I'll go read um, or I'll do number three, which we'll get to shortly. So getting yourself outside when you can, what's really great um, and some of the information that we know, depression, anxiety, embracing your humanity, scheduling these things out. Um, So if you're gonna have a functional lazy day, what I did on my Wednesday was awesome. This afternoon, functional lazy day, I'm gonna finish up this call, which is gonna be done at like one o'clock. So two to like nine, is my lazy time. And I literally scheduled out the three things that we're talking about. So I went outside, sunbathed for a while, which was amazing and glorious. And then after that, I came inside and did the second thing, which is NASA naps. So NASA is always trying to like optimize life. And I appreciate them very much for doing those things. And what they recognize is somewhere between a 28 and 36 minute nap is an optimal window for napping. Some of the new sleep research says that anything under two hours is really good. I tend to not have two hours ever. There's also something called non-sleep deep rest. And you can go look up some of those things. Non-sleep deep rest is essentially these little meditative breaks that we can take that convinces our nervous system that we're getting this replenishing sleep um, or rest, non-sleep deep rest, um, that has a ton of different benefits. My personal favorites are guided uh, meditations that are kind of like almost hypnosis. Um, And there's an app called Reverie, which is actually out of Stanford labs that they uh, are conducting research on. I think those are really great. They're 15 minute little guided hypnosis um, and they can kind of guide you through different perspectives. There's also things on YouTube called Yoga Nidras, um, which are essentially systems like downregulate the nervous system. They're mental yoga um, to kind of like systematize. Or if you're gonna take a nap, awesome. Have a nap set up, don't have the TV on, don't have any of these other things. You can hammock outside, that's a double bonus. You're winning the day. Um, and those are some of the things that are really helpful because the system most likely wants to rest. I know when I get burnt out and fatigued, I think that I'm sleeping better, but luckily for me, I measure my biometrics. And when I'm starting to get toward towards my burnout, I, I even do this unconsciously. I start to go towards not my eight hours of sleep that I need. I'll start to go to like six hours, 45 minutes. Like I'm fully chopping off almost seven hours of sleep a week. Um, and I'm like, yeah, that's not great for me. Cause then I get grouchy with my no sleep. So these naps are really, really great. If you can actually put them in with your kids, um, it's really functional as well. What I do is Phoenix and I kind of have a little sleep protocol. She gets back from school at around 12 to 1, uh, 12 to 1 PM um, in the afternoon. And we do our little snack time. We kind of debrief how school was. Then we go upstairs. We read one book, usually six. And then she lays down and she picks a paintbrush. I got a box of paintbrushes from Walmart for like five bucks she picks a paintbrush and I just kind of do this somatic therapy with her, which is just brushing her face very gently. And I just ask her if there's anything she wants to talk about. She just lays there until she falls asleep and she gets brushed. And now we have a five minute timer set for getting like the brushing. Cause I'll sit there and brush her for all of eternity. And she said, daddy, don't stop. And it's like, yeah, I will never stop baby girl. Don't worry. Um, so I'll sit there and say, all right, five minutes, I'll set the timer. And usually within five minutes, she's talked about some of the things that she wants to talk about. She's debriefed and there i'll ask her hey do you mind if daddy listens to a meditation she usually says no and i have this little 15 minute meditation i listen to and it's a good cue for me it's a good cue for her um having cues in your day to help you fall asleep is is really really great so the bedroom should only be used for two things i think um one of them is going to be sleeping and the other one is wrestling um you can take that in any direction that you so choose but don't eat in bed don't watch tv in bed there's no technology in my bedroom Mm, Let me say that again. There's no technology in my bedroom that has the ability for communication. Um, There are times when I have brought my iPad up there to listen to uh, meditations before I go go to bed. Or if I do neurofeedback, um, I have a little uh, place in the corner of my bedroom that's kind of set up almost as an altar to do meditations. Um, but my journal is done downstairs all these things are done downstairs my reading is done downstairs so that my bed when my body hits the bed or hits the pillow or goes under the blankets my body goes oh this is this is a place for sleep like right now i'm sitting at a desk and my body knows oh this is a place for like doing the things i was like yep so i'm using my environment to cue different states inside of myself which i always think is super fun So that's a really great way, take your sleep, mix it with some outside time, vitamin D, get yourself tan, it's so necessary. Or if you need to supplement, do a D3, uh, vitamin D supplement, D3, K2 combination. Those two things work in conjunction um, and they work synergistically to increase your absorption rate. Highly, highly recommend. And the last one, which is like so squarely, Canadian Williams, I believe I'm saying this, but it's video games. Um, I worked for a client and as a thank you, they sent me out a Nintendo Switch. I haven't had a gaming console since middle school or high school um, when I was like playing Call Call of Duty. Like it's been a long time. I just have never been a video game person, but I do like me some Mario Kart and stuff like that. Just absolutely dominate the floor. I'll take anybody up on a challenge on Mario Kart. Let's go. Um, so inside of the, and Super Smash Brothers, I, Super Smash Brothers on an N64, like if you just wanna just not feel good about yourself, like come knocking at my door, I'm ready for you. Um, so, Jesus. This is why we can't run podcasts by ourselves, Chris. Okay. sip a coffee to reset and we're back in professional mode. So, uh, I got this Nintendo switch and they sent me out a free game with it too, which is extraordinarily kind and extremely grateful for that company. Shout out to that company. And, uh, What I do now, and then actually some interesting research around this, nonviolent video games have a really successful pathway for healthy, for what I call healthy dissociation, which I know my therapist and my counselors, there's no such thing as healthy dissociation. Yeah. If you're in this swirling vortex of depression and anxiety and you can't get outside of your head, some video games are going to do you well to create a space, avoid a disconnect to just let you be a human again. Um, and I'm all about that life, right. To, to take a break. So I started using video games, um, for some of my like recovery protocols and it's fascinating. Like I'll literally set up like I did on Wednesday, uh, and yesterday, yesterday was Thursday for me. Um, so Wednesday I was like, cool. I'm gonna play video games for two hours. I'd never, ever do this, but I got a video game. I was like, cool. I'm gonna do this. Um, For those that care, it was like the legend of Zelda, like Breath of the Wind or something like that, which is a banging video game. But I haven't played video games in a super, super long time, right? So I'm using this video game to help make these date changes. And I was doing it on a Pomodoro because I am the way that I am. And 25 minutes off, five minutes on. In that five minutes, I was doing calf raises, uh, bridges, and I was stretching my psoas. Um, Physical pain in the body is a very strong indicator or very strong correlate correlation um, to people that have what we call mental or psychological pain. So it creates this psychosomatic. So psychic uh, means our mind and somatic means the body and our mind influences the body. So when we get into this fight or flight, um, one of our primary or oldest reflexes is called um, kind of the fetal position, right. Where you kind of curl up into a ball and we can still create that internal tension, but mindset our way through it. But the one uh, muscle that has a huge influence on the way that our spine is floating, um, and posturing is our psoas, which is a hip flexor. So it's something that brings your knees towards your chest. Right, And when that thing gets really tight, it tethers on to the lesser trochanters or the smaller trochanters on your femurs, um, which is like your hips, those big things that go from from your pelvis to your body. And inside of that, so this muscle connects from the hips to the spine and when it gets tension on it or we get stressed, it can start to stop acting as a primary mover. And what it'll start to do is trying to like act as a postural muscle, which creates a lot of fatigue because it's not set up for that, right? Just like the muscles that surround your spine are not meant to be primary movers. They're meant to be postural muscles who try to make them do a job that they're not meant to do. They don't do it as efficiently as the other muscles. So um, there's a really great psoas stretch that you can go look up. There's also something called the world's greatest stretch, which is super, super good. The psoas stretch that I do is you get down and you kneel and you put your foot on the wall with that knee on the ground, and then you kind of go into a lunge. So the other foot's on the ground and you lean into that other foot it hurts like a mofo, but if you have low back pain, you're gonna feel so much better after that. If that's too intense of a stretch for you, simply put it on the couch or simply do um, kind of like the sprinters uh, stretch. There's tons of really great things on the internet machine um, that'll help you do that. I got some videos up inside of Wired for where they do. I'd always help with that. So um, all of these things kind of came together and it's two days after like the whole like uh, functional laziness protocol and I'll be, real transparent saying yesterday afternoon, I felt amazing. Amazing. Um, it was like two in the afternoon. I just gotten back from the farmer's market. I got to go socialize. I felt good socializing and I really got to connect to some like cool people. Like it, it was awesome. And what my system wanted to do more than anything was like, Hey, you feel pretty good. Don't you? Yeah. I feel pretty good. I should go work. I was like, ah, I should go work then I didn't because wiser minds prevail, right? Um, Because it's always interesting and we'll have this conversation on another podcast, but the the story builds the stress, right? So um, that's where those two things come from. And then those two things stick together and they're so up in your face that you think that you are the stress from the story um, because the brain's really smart. Our traumas also have our intellect. Don't ever forget that. Your traumas also have your intellect and they will lie, cheat and steal, tell you the things that you don't wanna hear. So knowing all those things, this is functional laziness, right? Getting yourself out into motion and having these things kind of set up will really help you structure these things. If you are like uh, spiraling into a really hard time um, and you just know that there's like a lot of challenges that you're facing, ask a friend to help you set something up, help you set up a schedule, help to keep you accountable. Just say, hey, I'm just having a season right now. I'm just having a rough go at this. Do you think you could call me in the morning and just like see how I'm doing? Like, I want to get outside. I want to go do this. I want to go do that. Can you just kind of check in on me and see how I'm doing? Um, those are really great friends to have, really great family. Like, my granny does that for me. Like, hey, sweetie, how you doing? I know, like, some challenges in your life. Yeah, granny, I'm okay. And she says, you want me to send you some food? I'm like, yeah, of course. Of course, I want you to send me cookies, grandma. But yeah, duh. Um, She goes, great. I sent them two days ago. Check your front porch. I'm like, you're a wizard, Harry. Um, So always fun things like that. So those are kind of my functional laziness protocols, my friends. Do you guys have any other questions about that? Please drop me uh, a little tittle tattle up on the Instagram device machine. And as always, there's a special invitation to all of our podcast listeners to come join our Wired for Worthy community. If you don't know what Wired for Worthy is, it is a $77 per month subscription to our fun little family. Um, we have Thursday calls where we get to connect on subjects like this and we have hot seat coaching and we have feedback and it's, it's a really amazing community. It's the community that I wish I would have found, or I wish I would have had, um, five years ago, a place that's open, vulnerable. We can co-regulate it's, it's really, really lovely. And there's lots and lots and lots of workshops and content in there. Similar to this podcast. I think there's like probably 40, 40 hours in there, or something. It's ridiculous. And I just made a new course called The Way of Worthy. So if you guys want to go check that out, that's up inside of there too. You can either drop me a message on Instagram and ask about that. My handle is Dr. Chris Lee, or there should be a link up inside of the show notes. So however you need to go find that, you just let me know, or you can go to my website, drchrislee.com, and drop me a message on there as well. Have an amazing day, my friends, and stay awesome.